0: Hey, welcome to the Coffee and Creative Leadership podcast, a weekly reflection on creative leadership and team culture development. I'm your host, Nicole Lucas, and for the next five to 10 minutes, my goal is to share a leadership concept and prompt that will inspire you to become a more influential leader this week. So let's jump into the episode. Welcome everyone. This is episode 39 of the coffee and creative leadership podcast. Thanks for joining me again as we dig into another topic. For this week's Leadership Concept and Prompt, we're going to be talking about the challenges that new or first-time managers face and what it takes to navigate each challenge well. But first, a disclaimer for everyone listening, this episode is not just for new managers. It's also for people who are leading new managers. So if you happen to be a leader that has just promoted someone into a new management or leadership position, or you're thinking about doing so one day in the future, this episode is also for you. Because the only way to ensure that you set up new managers for success is to be aware of some of the challenges they'll be facing. And one more disclaimer up front, this episode will be longer than 10 minutes, probably closer to 20 or 25, but it will be well worth your time, I promise. So we're going to look at eight challenges for new managers. Now for all of you new managers out there, each of these eight challenges may be substantial shifts from what you're used to, and that's okay. I don't want you to be discouraged. Normally, new managers find themselves in their new roles leading teams because they are great at doing great work. However, what we have to face is the reality that what gets us into new roles, our skills, and our abilities to do great work are only part of the equation. Now that you've stepped into the realm of leading teams, your skills may be slightly lacking with regard to your new responsibilities. So let's look into these eight challenges and discover the new areas and skills that you'll need to focus on. The first challenge is balancing a new workflow. Now, if you were great in your previous role, we can contribute your greatness to your skills and knowledge, but also to the fact that you had a workflow that helped you produce great results. You knew what you needed to do and you created processes to get things done. And we know that when we step into a new role, there's a bit of a transition point where we have to settle into our new workflow. But for people who are stepping into a new manager role, you're now shifting from being someone who primarily did the work to now primarily leading the people who do the majority of the work while still being a productive employee yourself. Because there will still be work for you to do personally, that's obvious. But your priority has now shifted from solely focusing on your own tasks and projects to also focusing on the needs of your people and the projects your entire team is responsible for, which makes you, as their leader, responsible for all of it. This challenge takes intentionality and time to work through, as well as a little trial and error. So be patient with yourself as you practice time management, stress management, project management, relationship management, and the art of delegation. The second challenge is leading former peers. Now, if you are ever given the opportunity to lead the team that you have been working on for a number of years, you need to be ready for a lot more to shift than just your workflow as a new manager your relationships will shift as well. This is a challenge that many don't see coming. Some feel as though becoming the manager of the team they've been a part of for a number of years will be easy because they know each other and they get along with each other, they're friends. Now, this may be true, but what is also true is that when you become a former peers manager, their perception of you shifts just a little bit. For instance, now the feedback that you give has to be weighed differently. They may think to themselves, Is this a suggestion or a directive? Or previously, when a decision was made that your team didn't fully agree with, you may have all found each other discussing your frustrations openly together. But now that you're their manager, they may be hesitant to voice their feelings to you. Now, when I had to navigate this challenge of leading former peers, I intentionally scheduled a one-on-one with everyone on my team in order to address the elephant in the room. You know, while they were all glad, thankfully, that I had become their manager, I knew that they had questions about what it meant for our interactions and so on. And so we talked openly about it. And at the end of the day, I told my team that I'm still me, regardless of an org chart or a title change. I'm still here to make the best decisions for our team. And the organization, and that I needed their gifts and their perspective and their knowledge to do all of that well. I also told them that there will be times that I will have to make a decision to break a tie or to move things in a different direction, but when that happens, they can trust that I will continue to do everything I can to make sure our team succeeds. This conversation invited and established open communication and trust. We needed each other, and then I had to deliver. I had to walk the talk and show them that what I said was true of my leadership. So leading former peers can be challenging because you have to do it correctly. Don't let an org chart or a title change turn you into a boss or someone who just tells people what to do and how to do it. Use your position as a new manager to make your team and the organization better. Build your influence, and if you don't know how to do that, I can help you, okay? I will tell you how at the end of this episode. The third challenge is giving actionable feedback. Now, do you know that giving feedback is a literal communication art form? It's true. A lot of us dabble in the art form of giving feedback, but rarely do we ever master it. In fact, I'm still learning how to give actionable feedback consistently. Now, I'm not gonna go into a ton of detail in this episode for this challenge because I actually have an episode from season one dedicated to this topic. It's episode 19, and it's called Building Trust and Giving Feedback. I'll put the link to that episode in the show notes for you, and I also have an article that I wrote for Brains Magazine on how to give and receive feedback. I'll also include the link to that article in the show notes for you to check out as well. Now, Both of these have some really practical tips on how to give actionable feedback, so be sure to check those out after you finish listening to this episode. The fourth challenge is resolving conflict. As a new manager, you will find yourself balancing four forms of conflict. The first is inner conflict as a new manager. The second is conflict between your team and senior leadership or the organization. The third is conflict between members of your team. And the fourth is conflict that arises in you from being both a leader and an employee. So I'm going to break down each one. Okay, this is going to take a little bit of time, but stick with me here. First is inner conflict as a new manager. This simply means that there will be times where you will feel conflicted about what decisions to make next. You will feel unprepared and under-resourced, like you need more time or more data before you can make a decision, and sometimes you just won't have that luxury. Sometimes you'll have to gather what you can, consult your team, or a few trusted advisors, and depending on the time or the situation, you won't even have that luxury. You'll just have to make a decision. And over time, though, you'll learn by trial and error, and you'll begin to trust yourself more. Second is conflict between your team and senior leadership, or the organization. Now this one is to be expected from time to time, especially when change is on the horizon, but this usually stems from a lack of clarity or vision with regards to the future or next steps. Now the easiest way to help this is to turn up the levels on your communication. Ensure that both sides are represented in the conversation and the decision-making of things. Now, I know that some leaders feel as though this might slow things down. The more people you include, the more it does slow things down. But if you want to make a fully informed decision on behalf of your organization and the people who work for you, then it's leadership's responsibility to do the necessary work. Now, I love what Donald Miller writes in his book, How to Grow Your Small Business. In a particular chapter, he explains the importance of a product brief. Miller says that the purpose of a product brief is to create doubt. And if your product can make it through the gauntlet of questioning involved in a product brief, then the idea is more likely to positively affect the bottom line. On the other hand, failing to work through a product brief as a way of vetting your ideas can result in bad products that hit the market and then fail. Miller goes on to say that people who need high levels of control hate product briefs, and he used to put himself in that category. But then something changed. Here's how Miller describes his shift in thinking towards product briefs. He writes, I'd still be a control freak if I hadn't discovered my team members are actually smarter than I am. They are in closer relationships with many of my customers, and they remember better than I do the mistakes we've made in the past. Leaders, I say all of this to convince you that it's worth your time to invite other people into the conversation. You will make better informed decisions that way. It's not rocket science, it's just what successful companies do. Third is conflict between people on your team. The people on your team are not perfect. Shocking, right? So no matter how well they might work together on some things, there will be times where they will ruffle each other's feathers. They'll disagree, they'll overstep, they will exclude. They'll make hasty decisions without consulting their teammates, and they'll exert their power or position too much, which is never a good thing. Now, all of these things create tension that, if it's not resolved, will break the foundation of your team and fracture relationships and productivity. When this happens, you'll need to be an active listener and observer. You may even need to step in as a mediator and help the parties involved work it out. It's not fun, but it will be a part of your responsibilities as a new manager. Fourth is conflict that arises in you from being both a manager and an employee. And when you put on the manager hat, you don't magically transform into a new person. You may have a new position, but you are still an employee which means that the frustrations you once felt as an employee might still creep up inside of you from time to time. But now as a manager, instead of being on the receiving end of a pep talk, you are now the one giving the pep talk to your direct reports who may be struggling with a decision that you are also struggling with at the same time. So how does that work? Like, What what does that sound like? Well, I'll tell you what it doesn't sound like first. It doesn't sound like this. Yeah, I know this is stupid, but our senior leadership says we have to. It it shouldn't sound like that, but what it should sound like is this. Team, I know this might be difficult to accomplish and that there are some downsides, but we're going to work together to get this done well, and we can only do that if the entire team gives 100%. You see, mixed into this pep talk is something called empathy. See, in these instances, I don't believe that a leader should ever say, just get it done. Instead, they should empathize with what their team is making known to them about what could be challenging, and then the leader should do whatever they can to help them succeed. Now, I know that was a long one, but those details were important. Okay, let's move on to the next challenge. The fifth challenge is leading with influence over power. Authority, position, seniority, control. There are a bunch of other names for this sort of thing, depending on who you ask, but the idea here is that some view leadership as power. Many assume that leadership is telling people what to do, and in order to do that, the leader has the right to throw around their authority, to assert their position, to use their title as a means of getting people to pay attention, and to resume control over things that they want their way. I'm here to tell you that influence is what you want, not power. So what exactly do I mean by influence? Well, the word influence means to have the capacity to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of someone or something. Friends, when we influence, we build people up. When we exert power, we risk tearing people down. Your influence matters everywhere and at all times. So don't look for ways to use power. Look for ways to develop and to use your influence. Hear me when I say this as well. If you find yourself using your power often, it's either because you haven't done the work of building your influence, or it could be because you like the way power feels, which let me tell you quickly is unhealthy, and that's a whole story for another different episode, but whatever the case is, be careful of how often you're using your power. Whatever the situation, remember, leaders lead mostly with influence, sometimes with power always for the greater good and never for the sake of themselves. Now, I actually have a question for you to think about and answer as you head into this week. Here it is. In whatever context you lead currently, do you find yourself exercising your power more than your influence? And if so, how might you flip it around? Now, we're more than halfway through this list, and you might be getting a little overwhelmed with all of this, but I need you to stick with me because at the end of the episode, I'm gonna tell you about an opportunity that will help you grow in all of these areas, which as a result will help you navigate these challenges well. Okay, so let's move on to the next challenge. The sixth challenge is coaching and developing others. Now, in addition to leading and managing your team, you will also find yourself needing to take on another role, the role of a coach which involves a leader developing the people on their team so that they succeed in their current role and in their future roles. Now, if you don't have a lot of experience in this, the best place to start is listening to episode 6, where I lay out the first step to coaching and developing your team. The link to that episode will be in the show notes as well, so go check that out after this. The seventh challenge is creating and sustaining a healthy culture. What is culture? To sum it up, I'll say this. Culture is all about what you value and how what you value leads to what you do. Healthy team culture is informed by the past, the present, and prospects of the future, but how do you bring it all together to actually build a healthy team culture? Well, I go into a lot of detail about how to build and sustain a healthy culture in episode seven, where I had the privilege of interviewing Mark Miller. He's the co-author of the book, Culture Built My Brand, The Secret to Winning More Customers Through Company Culture, And we had a fantastic conversation about this, so I encourage you to listen to that episode after this. The link will be in the show notes as well. Gosh, you've got a lot of good stuff to listen to afterwards. I hope you do take the time to go back and listen to all the episodes that will be linked in the show notes. Okay, and now for the last challenge. The eighth challenge is prioritizing competing demands. Now, this challenge consists of what and how to say no, what to say no to, and how to say no. Now there's two parts to this that take a bit of practice. The first is to discover what must take priority, and then ensuring that you stick to that plan as much as possible. So let's say that you have a priority list for that day, that week, or that month, and someone comes to you with another task or project, and now you're faced with the decision of either saying yes or no. What do you do? Well, it depends on a few factors. Now, some outside requests can be handled with a simple, hey, I'm sorry, I just don't have the time for that today, but we can do this on another day or week. Now, that's one example of that second part, how to say no. However, other requests, depending on uh, what they are and who they come from, may necessitate a conversation that goes something like this. Okay, I can see that this is important. If I do this project or task today or this week or this month, then I will need to put off one of my other projects or tasks. Can you help me discern the priority level of this according to the other projects I need to complete? Here's what I have on my schedule. Do you see how that just worked? Now you might be thinking, well, I don't get it. Okay, you didn't say no to what they were asking. And you're right. I didn't say no to the thing that was brought to me but I did tell them that I would need to say no to something else in order to get this new thing done. So in this moment, you've done four things, okay? First, you've affirmed that the project is important. Second, you've said that you're more than willing to complete it, but something else will need to come off your schedule in order to do so. Third, you've listed the current projects that you were set to complete. And fourth, you've asked for help from your leaders to pick the project that they're willing to put off for now in order to get this new initiative going. To me, this is a win-win, okay? It shows collaboration. It invites leaders into your world to understand the load that you're carrying, and it helps them see that your willingness or desire to do one more thing is not the issue, it's your capacity. You know, we can't always keep piling things on. Well, we could, but if we expect our teams to keep having work piled on to their plates and for everything to be completed at the same time or on time, it may happen, but I guarantee the project will either be done with a lot less quality and care or the quality and care of the project will take precedence over the quality and care of an individual's work-life balance, resulting in bitterness and burnout which is a sure way to lose great people. Now, this one, this challenge here is a, it's a very nuanced sort of challenge. Again, one that takes some practice. Okay, so we've just finished walking through the eight challenges that new managers face. Now what? Great question. Here's your prompt for this week. New managers or leaders of new managers, I've got one really practical next step for you that I hope you'll take advantage of. It's a step that many have taken before you and are still benefiting from today. Here it is. You ready? Let me help you develop your leadership skills let me help you develop your leadership skills. Now, before you go thinking that you can do this on your own, let me share some stats with you from reports done in 2023 by the OC Tanner Institute and the Center of Creative Leadership. After surveying hundreds of people and companies, this is what they discovered. 81% of people who are managed by a trained leader said they were more engaged in their jobs. 60% of first-time managers say they never received any training when they transitioned into their first leadership role, and 50% of managers and organizations are rated as ineffective. Stats like this help us understand why 66% of organizations said that they were going to take action in developing their current and future leaders in the next six months. I want to help you get started in your leadership development journey today. I want you to be on the minds of the 81% of employees who said that they were more engaged in their jobs because they were being led by a trained leader. And if you want to be among that 81%, here's what you can do today. Click the link in the show notes of this episode that says start my leadership development journey. That link will send you to a short form that I'd like you to fill out. And here's what the form consists of. Three simple questions. The first is what is your name and email? Now this is so that I can contact you, I can know who you are and we can start communicating with each other. We can't uh, start the journey if I can't communicate with you, right? And don't worry, I don't share any of your information with anyone, period, it stays safely with me. The second question on the form is what is your current role? Now with this question, I want you to choose from one of the six options in the form. The first option is, I'm a new manager zero to one year of experience. The second option is, I'm currently leading or have experience leading a team, one to three years of experience. And then there are two other variations of that same question, but you'll choose from options of three to five years of experience or five to 10 years of experience. I'm just trying to cover a range there. And then the fifth option is, I'm not leading a team, but I hope to one day soon. And then the last option to choose from is I'm leading a new manager and would like them to receive coaching and then the third question on this form is what areas of leadership are you the most interested in developing after that you'll click submit and I will be in touch with you within 24 hours to set up a free one hour session where we can talk more about your current role or situation, and I will go over my fail-proof leadership development plan with you in detail. The plan is also outlined on my website. If you visit thecreativelevel.com slash leadershipdevelopment, you can go there and see what's outlined and what you would be learning. But during the call, I'll go into even greater detail about what each component of the plan consists of. And at that time, you'll be able to ask whatever questions you'd like. And at the end of our call, We can either officially begin your leadership development journey and schedule your round of coaching calls, or you can take a day or two to think about it. It's that simple. Many people have allowed me the opportunity to help them gain the tools needed to lead and manage teams well, and they're succeeding in their current roles, and the coaching that I've been able to give them is also going to help them succeed in their future leadership roles. I hope you'll allow me to help you too. All right. Well, that's all that I have for you this week. Thanks for joining me. Listen next Monday for a new episode. Until then, you can check out thecreativelevel.com for leadership resources and insights. You can also email me at nicole at thecreativelevel.com. Lastly, if you're enjoying this podcast, I would so appreciate it if you could leave a review, subscribe, and tell your friends. Now go be awesome.